Good morning, everyone. Good to be back with you. It is Tuesday morning, the 8th of August, 2023. Daniel Pedgrew back in the chair. Thanks to Manny Cox for looking after things yesterday. Lots to get through broadcasting, as always, through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457 736 736. That is all before breakfast with Vossi. And Brandy through listeners, uh, for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Uh, Patton Hills coming up for our Queensland listeners after 6 AM. A lot to get through, of course, dominated by the Matildas. We'll get to them in just a second. Lots of rugby league news still floating around. Payne Haas, Graham Annesley has come out again and admitted there was another mistake across the course of the weekend. Surprise, surprise. Uh, we'll chat about that. Chris Perkins from America will join me in about 15 minutes to get the latest from the United States. And we will review the Matildas match with John Gallo in about half an hour. So lots to get through. Want to hear from you on this Tuesday morning. one 1170 or 0457 736 736. It's coming up to two past five. The Hot Topic. Thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best and install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. All right, let's start with the football. The Matildas 2 over Denmark nil in front of 75,784 fans last night at Stadium Australia. We'll get to the match in a second. But if you missed any of it, this is how it unfolded last night right here on SEN. Madsen collects on the left wing. One step over. Right foot across is sprayed across the area. And one back by the Matildas. Mary Fowler gets away from Helmgore. She's got Caitlin Ford down the left channel. Fowler finds Ford. Ford starts to straight forward. Caitlin Ford's in the area. Caitlin Ford! It's Caitlin Ford for Australia. And the Matildas on the fast break. Caitlin Ford as fast as a Ford. All the way down the other end. And it's Australia 1. Denmark nil. Oh, that's a world-class play there by the Matildas. What a ball by Mary Fowler. It was just timed to perfection for Caitlin Ford to be able to run onto it in stride. And what a great finish that is. Ford, who pushes it backwards to Cooney Cross. And now Ford on the left flank. On the halfway line, takes over. A passing field to Fowler. She's got Cooney Cross ahead of her. Fowler spreads it to the left wing. Cooney Cross runs onto it. Thompson in front of her. Cooney Cross squares it, Fowler inside the box, one way, the other, stabs it forward, Van Edmond's in there, has to turn, Rasso! Hayley Rasso doubles the lead for Australia! In the 70th minute, Ribbons gets her next goal of this World Cup. Hayley Rasso has three goals in the tournament, and in this round of 16 match, it's the Matildas 2, Denmark 0. And we're about to see the substitutions for Australia. And the number 20 has gone up on the fourth official's board. Sam Kerr, for the first time in this FIFA Women's World Cup, is about to be introduced into a match. Australia's captain, the best striker in the world, and that is no exaggeration, Sam Kerr. Is coming on for Hayley Rasso. Here is Australia's captain. Sam Kerr is on the park, high-fiving everyone as she comes on. And the goal scorer, Hayley Rasso, makes way 
Courtney Vine also comes on as well, and Emily Van Egmond is the one sub off. So Rasso and Van Egmond off, Vine and Kerr on. Belly Sager sends it forward, harder underneath the ball, falls to Boone, who wants to put her foot through it, and it's over the crossbar. And behind the goal, Australia, 2-0 leaders. Full time from Stadium Australia, and the Matildas are into the quarterfinals of their home World Cup. A 2-0 win over Denmark in front of another record crowd in Sydney. Goals from Caitlin Ford and Hayley Rasso. And Australia have won their second ever match in a World Cup knockout phase. And they will go on to Brisbane, where they'll be in the World Cup's last eight. Full time from Stadium Australia. It's the Matildas 2, Denmark 0. Jordan Canales in commentary. What a fantastic night last night at Stadium Australia. As he said, Caitlin Ford, Hayley Russo with the goals. 2-0 Australia over Denmark. Fair to say Australia were tested early on, weren't they, from Denmark uh, in that opening 15 or 20 minutes. But in the end, Australia too good taking their opportunities. Caitlin Ford, uh, Ford Hayley Russo. What about that ball from Mary Fowler? And we'll talk to John about this a bit later on to set up that first goal to Caitlin Ford. Uh, an amazing atmosphere. If you were out there, and I know it started late, and I know it's very early in the morning, but would love to hear from you. one 300 70 or 0457-736-736. As I say, 75,784 people there. Identical to the first game of the tournament against Ireland. Uh, so there you go, 75,784 people there. Sam Kerr also getting her... First minutes of this World Cup. A bit of a scare late in the game when she fell over. But in the end, uh, she'll be better for the run as well. And Australia, with a lot of the other favourites going out, England earlier on yesterday as well had to be taken to penalties against Nigeria. They ended up winning it on a penalty shootout. But a lot of the favourites gone. Do we dare to dream? We'll ask John uh, shortly about that. 0457 736 736, our text number 1300 0111 70. If you were there, if you weren't there, maybe you're getting tickets for their next game in Brisbane if there's any tickets still available. Would love to hear from you. Any discussion around the football at all. It means now Australia through to the quarterfinals. They will be on 5 p.m. on Saturday. It'll be in Brisbane. It'll either be against France or Morocco, who uh, play later on tonight in the last of the round 16 games. It's at 9 p.m. tonight, so much later on tonight, France-Morocco. The other game today, Colombia up against Jamaica. So, yeah, the winner up against Australia at 5 p.m. Saturday night. Must watch, uh, I think, for everyone across Australia. one 1170 or 0457-736-736. I have to say, just before we move to some NRL news, and we'll get back to the football shortly, I have to say I was on my way playing back from Melbourne yesterday, and the amount of people wearing Australian Matilda shirts in the Australian green and gold, quite a few of them heading to the game, it has really taken over this country, as it should. And the run continues, as I said, 5 o'clock Saturday uh, I, I don't know what the ratings will be like from last night. I imagine they'll be very big. Um, I can imagine, though, a Saturday 5 o'clock game, quarterfinals, not only at home, people clearly going to the game if you're in Queensland, but the pubs and clubs around Australia, the live viewing sites on Saturday, it is going to be an enormous event 
Australia in the quarterfinals up against either France or Morocco. Any thoughts on that? 1-300-01-11-70 or 457 736 736. Good morning to you. Kingswood Welder. I haven't heard from him for a while. Thank you for the text in. Eight and a half past five. All right, we will get back to the football shortly, but let's talk about the rugby league. Uh, my first chance to speak to you since the end of the last round. And a race in 12, it seems now, uh, with both the Dolphins and the Titans going down across the weekend. The Roosters keeping their faint hopes alive. There was a bit of a crackdown over the weekend as well. We'll get to uh, what Graham Annesley had to say in a moment. And there's still, of course, uh, chat. I saw Peter Volandis was interviewed on Nine News about the NRL, RLPA, ongoing uh, issue that seems to... Uh, everyone wants it sorted, but seems to be dragging on. But firstly, a Payne Haas. And we spoke about Payne Haas last week on the show. Uh, but he is reportedly set to reject a four-year extension offer worth $1.1 million from the Broncos to test his value on the open market. Now, there are suggestions he could attract offers of up to $1.3 million at struggling Sydney clubs. Now, the front row is currently contracted until the end of next season with the Broncos, which means he'll be free to sign with rower clubs from November 1 if Brisbane don't lock him down. So it seems like he's going to go to market. Um, they're going to stick to what they originally said. Phil Rothfield said yesterday on NRL 360, which is go to market in November and look at what it's available from the likes of the Bulldogs and the Melbourne Storm. He didn't say it outright, but gave me a very strong indication that the Broncos' offer wasn't strong enough. Payne is on record saying this isn't all about money. It's about winning premierships. Um, and if the Broncos... Well, well, yes. If the Broncos aren't in a premiership window now, then I don't know what Payne thinks the Broncos are doing. And also... $1.1 million. Now, I know, yes, he could probably get $1.3 million from the Bulldogs. Clearly, if he went to the Storm, um, then you never know uh, what would happen there in terms of winning a competition. But the Broncos playing very, very good footy at the moment and wanting to turn down potentially $1.1 million. Uh, what do you reckon, Broncos fans or NRL fans? 0457 736 736 or one 1170 the Broncos, definitely for mine, along with the Panthers, premiership favourites. Still going to be very hard to beat this Brisbane side, uh, this Penrith side, but Brisbane looking very good. Your thoughts, one 1170 or 0457 736 736. Would you be turning down $1.1 million? Um, yes, he would be a great pickup for a team like the Bulldogs, but with no offence to Bulldogs fans. And look, Phil Gould came out and said this, what, three or four weeks ago. It could take three, four, five years to get the Bulldogs to where they want to be. Um, not all about money, but about premierships. Well, I think Payne's in the right place because I think the Broncos are going to be there or thereabouts, avoiding any major injuries over the next few years. Your thoughts on that, Payne Haas? looking like he will turn down a $1.1 million offer from the Broncos and still go to market. And Broncos fans, how are you feeling about the situation? Your team playing really well. Probably, as I said, second premiership favourites, the Penrith Panthers. But could this prove to be a distraction over the next couple of months in the lead up to the finals, then the final series itself? And if Payne wants to turn down $1.1 million, do you want him there next year? Well, he'll be there next year, but for the future years after that.
1300 01 1170 or 0457 736 736. Now, the NRL has conceded uh, St. George Lawarra were the victims of an officiating clangor on Sunday afternoon, confirming the worst fears of their coach Ryan Carr after his side succumbed to Parramatta at Combank Stadium. Now, uh, the West Tigers were also the victims of a blunder after the officials gave the green light to a Jack Wyden pass that led to a Sebastian Chris try and prompted renewed calls for, te- for technology to rule on forward passes. Now, the NRL head of football, Graham Annesley, conceded yesterday that it should have been disallowed because Whiten's pass was forward. And then got worse. Dragons and fans and officials were even more frustrated after they were deprived of a try when Jacob Little was ruled to have lost the ball in a Clint Gutherson tackle uh, at, uh, in their 26-20 loss to the Parramatta Eels. Now, Annesley said yesterday, is first thing I would say is Gutherson goes in trying to make a tackle. There is no question about that. The fingers curl up on the top of the ball and there is a raking motion that dislodges the ball. The action of Clint in this by raking the ball and dispossessing uh, Jacob Little means the tackle count should have restarted and that should have been a try in our view. The Dragons we know aren't in for top eight contention, but the Raiders are and still in top four contention. Um, They did win, but... They, again, it's a really interesting one. And again, we talk about this every week. And look, Graham Annesley does this press conference each and every Monday. Um, and that's fine and all well and good uh, and explains some decisions. That's too late. Uh, Dragons fans and the Dragons players don't get to play that again. Eels get the two points. Uh, similar in that game between the Raiders and the Tigers. Do we see a point of a Monday morning, uh, Monday afternoon press conference every week with Graham Annesley? 0457-736-736 is our text number, or one 1170 Jack Wyden also has been charged with contrary conduct by the match review committee after accusing the referee Peter Goff of trying hard to help the West Tigers win on Sunday afternoon. He faces a $3,000 fine over the comments, which came after the Raiders star was penalised for a high tackle on Stafford Toa at the end of their game in the nation's capital. We know the Raiders hung on to win the game. That is just some of the stuff that is making headlines today. Of course, our full attention on the Matildas, their 2-0 win over Denmark. We'll talk more about that shortly with John Gallo. What did you make of it? If you were out there, and I know it's early, and I know it would have been a late night, but if you were out there, let me know. Bit of cricket news floating around as well. Tomorrow morning, we'll have a chat with Paul Dennett. We'll get to that as well in terms of the one-day international team that has been named. Payne Haas. Looks like he will turn down a $1.1 million offer from the Broncos to still test the open market. Do you think that's right? It's not all about the money. It's also about premierships, he says. We'll see what happens there. The Broncos definitely in a premiership window. And do you think we should still be doing this Monday afternoon press conference with Graham Annesley? Do you think it serves much purpose? I mean, it is good to know um, if, I suppose, if the decisions are wrong, but what Difference does it make on a Monday afternoon? And does anyone, I'd love to know, does anyone actually watch it? Uh, 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line 1300 01 1170. We'll get to your text calls and we'll speak to Chris Perkins in America next. It's 16 past five. 20 past 5, 0457 736 736, our text number. You can call the open line, 1300 01 1170. You say on the Matildas 2-0 win over Denmark, they're through to the quarterfinals. They'll play Saturday afternoon at 5 p.m. We will have a chat with John Gallo very shortly about all of that in about 10 or so minutes' time from now. If you're out there, 
up late. Uh, I know and it is very early in the morning. We'd love to hear from you. And are you trying to get tickets? I don't even know if there's any tickets still available to the match coming up on Saturday at 5 p.m. against either France or Morocco. We will talk about that shortly. A Payne Haas, it looks like he's going to be turning down a $1.1 million offer from the Brisbane Broncos, continuing to go to open market. Your thoughts on that, especially if you are a Broncos fan? 0457 736 736. Graham Annesley has come out and admitted that uh, some of the decisions over the weekend, uh, especially in that Dragons-Eels match, was wrong. Should have been a try to the Dragons. What's the point of the Monday uh, press conference? Do we want it? You might be uh, differing to me. You might like the fact that we do this each and every Monday. Uh, I don't know. What do you reckon? 0300 0111 70 or 0457 736 736. Get to your text in just a second. But before that, let's do this. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And at 21 minutes past five o'clock, Chris Perkins is on the line. Chris, where do we find you this morning? I am in Springfield, Missouri at my company's home office. I, mm. I have officially started my vacation. Ah, well, you're on holiday. And I did think when I was speaking to you off air that you weren't uh, in a truck. This is a very this is a very rare occasion, uh, Chris, that we don't speak to you when you're sometime on some, somewhere on the road. Well, for the next month, I won't be in a truck. Now, I'll be traveling, but mm. I won't be in a truck. I own holiday from, from my actual job for the next month. Uh, by the way, real quick, yep. nice win for the Matildas. 2-0. I caught the last part of I've caught about the last 30 minutes. Uh, that sound, that rumbling you may have heard around the 80th minute mark, that was the rest of the world, or at least the teams that are left in the competition, going, oh, crap, Sam Kerr's back. It was a very nice win, and yes, uh, it was very good to see Sam Kerr back. And just on that, and just on the football as well, before we get uh, to your other topic this morning, uh, I was watching on Sunday night. um, I was what I must say, I was flicking it on and off the USA Sweden game. I was out, but got back to where I was staying in Melbourne just in time uh, for the end of extra time and the penalty shootout. Now, when we last spoke, Chris, you thought, I think you said Sweden 3-1. Now, that didn't happen, but the USA still out of the World Cup. And I have to say, Chris, I, I thought, um, and look, penalty shootout does to an extent come down to luck, but I thought their whole tournament uh, was pretty disappointing from uh, the two-time, uh, the past two-time champions of the uh, Women's World Cup. Yeah, and it's ironic that the best game of the tournament they play is the game they get eliminated. Yes. Because they played great on, on Sunday. They that they were in control. They had chances, hit a crossbar, should have probably won it in 90 minutes. And really, they were in control in the shootout as well. Mm. They were up 3-2, and then Megan Rapino steps up. The, the most polarizing member of the U.S. women's national team Steps up with a chance to really put the icing on the cake for the U.S. and get them to the quarterfinals and shut the haters up, and she blazes the line. And that just set everybody off. At least particularly the the half of American she's half off over the last few years. That really got them up in arms. And, and then, you know, of course, the, the struggles. They couldn't, put a, they couldn't put a spot kick past. The keeper wind up losing ultimately on a VAR review on a penalty kick. Mm. How often do you see a VAR review on a penalty kick? 
Yeah, not very often. Not very often. Has there been much? No. Has there been much reaction? Because we know after uh, their game last week, Carly uh, Lloyd uh, had a bit to say. Has there been much reaction since the loss on Sunday night, our time? Uh, other than the the reaction you'd expect from <laughs> from a you know from media members who were disappointed. Uh, no, I mean you know they're I, honestly Carly Lloyd's been vindicated, mm. in my opinion. She was spot on in her criticism of this U.S. women's national team. They weren't that good. I personally think they were resting on their legacy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, almost to the my, my comparison to that for this year's U.S. women's team is the 2004 men's basketball team in Athens who really thought they could show up in Athens and they win the gold medal simply because they wear USA on their jerseys, not realizing the rest of the world is getting a heck of a lot closer to them in basketball. Same thing's happening in women's football, Mm. where the U.S. used to be the preeminent country and everybody else was playing for second place. It is not that way anymore. The rest of the world is catching up. Look at the results in this tournament. Look at the teams that made the knockout stage. And more importantly, look at the teams that didn't make the knockout stage in this tournament, like Germany, like Brazil, like Italy. Those are three footballing powerhouses that made a trip, that that hopped on a plane after their third group game instead of playing knockout football. Yep. So the rest of the world's catching up, and the U.S. has to realize that. And you know that's another reason the United States is on their way, headed back home instead of uh, playing a quarterfinal. Yep, and I think that's what we said last week, that, or a couple of weeks ago, is that at the end of the day, the other countries are catching up, and we are seeing that now. We'll talk more football with John Gallo shortly after we speak to you. But uh, what's the latest from the college football world over there? Dramatic few days, I think. Dramatic changes. It was mm. last week, Thursday, Friday, was like a 9.0 earthquake rattling through college athletics. Uh, we'll rewind it. A couple of years ago, Texas and Oklahoma left the Big 12 to go to the SEC. That, that's a change that's going to happen starting next year. Big 12 was on its, on its deathbed. They recover. They bring in some more teams, Houston, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF. So they get stable. Following year, last year, USC and UCLA, two blue blood brands in college athletics, announced they're going to bolt the Pac-12 for the Big Ten Conference. Okay, mm. A week and a half ago, the University of Colorado decided we're leaving the Pac-12, we're going back home to the Big 12. And then last Thursday, the ball really started rolling. The rumors were coming out. Arizona was looking at jumping to the Big 12 which they ultimately did, pulling along Utah and Arizona State, and at the same time, Oregon and Washington jumped from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten Conference. So uh, for those of you following along at home, that leaves four teams in the Pac-12 Conference, which is not going to work. So basically what we saw last week was the the almost the death of the Pac-12 Conference after this season because mm. – I don't know who's going to come in there. And ultimately, it boils down to TV revenue. The, the Pac-12's TV contract was expiring at the end of the season. They were taking bids from prospective broadcasters. And the numbers were never announced before all these moves happened. The Athletic reported, I saw today, that the 
the the figure was going to be $23 million per school per year, mm. which is significantly less than the PAC or the Big 12 or the Big 10 or the SEC schools made. And the schools that bolted, they said, no, $23 million, we're out. Mm. So uh, ultimately, it boils down to money, as everything always does. Mm. But yeah, we're looking at the death of a conference that's been around – in in some form or another since 1915, 108 years. It's a long, long time. Text here as well, not yep. around college football, but just ask you, when does the NFL season start? It must not be too far away now, a month away or something like that. Very close. Sep- September 7th, mm. the Detroit Lions make the trip to Kansas City to take on the defending Super Bowl champions. So, yeah, we are... We are 31 days away from actual, by God, regular season football that means something. We had the Hall of Fame game last Thursday. Mm. The New York Jets and the Cleveland Browns, they played the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio. We'll have preseason football later on this week, uh, all through our weekend uh, coming up. But, again, it's preseason football. doesn't really count. You won't see a lot of stars, certainly this first week of the preseason. But it's act- it is almost pro football. Yeah, so only a month away until the NFL <laughs> underway. Uh, you'll be very excited and we'll be talking yep. a lot about it here. All right, before we let you go, yep. uh, let us review your NRL tips now. I've only just looked at right. this, so this will be interesting. Are you ready to go? Let's go. All right, uh, you started off with Manly. Uh, sorry about that. That's, that is uh, that, well, that, that I have to say is a pretty poor start. Uh, Chris, unfortunately, uh, you then though did yeah. did tip uh, the Warriors, uh, who did win. Thank you. Uh, you then tipped the Panthers, always a smart bet. You then okay. tipped the Broncos, uh, that is a very smart bet. Okay. You also tip, uh, tipped the Knights, uh, who won. You also tipped okay. tipped the Sharks, uh, who won. You also tipped, you also tipped the Parramatta Eels, and you also tipped the Canberra Raiders. So that is seven out of eight. Uh, the only team that let you down was Manly when they lost to the Roosters on Thursday night. Else you would have had a perfect round. That is fantastic tipping, Chris. Well done. And correct me if I'm wrong. You're a Roosters fan, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes. So you're taking, very mu- you're taking a whole lot of pleasure in the fact that my multi was ruined <laughs> by your Roosters. Well, I'm mad now. And that's the second time this year Manly's done that to me. Well, it's my only loss. Well, look, I don't think it was a bad tip considering uh, how the Roosters and Manly had <laughs> been playing the week before. But look, it's all right. You can do it again this week. We'll chat again in about 48 hours, Chris. We'll get that those tips and talk about everything else that's happening in America. Have a good day, mate. All right, you too. Chris Perkins in America on holiday, but will still be with us over the next uh, few weeks as he takes a break from driving around America. Text before a break, then we'll speak to John Gallo. Uh, this from Andy D. Morning, Dan. Glad you're back. Thank you. I'm staunch Broncos. Uh, Haas's excuses, uh, what he wants, don't run with me. Great player, not worth that money that he wants. Let him go, um, get flocked at the dogs. Uh, Broncos go hard for Tino. Awesome club player, Andy D. Well, yes, Tino off contract. Well, not off contract, uh, but uh, looking for a different club. Um, He'd be fitting very nicely at the Brisbane Broncos, I think. Yeah, the Haas one, very interesting. There's a couple more texts about that. Keep them coming in, 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. We'll get back to your texts and speak to John Gallo on the other side of this. It is 28 to 6. This is Tradies News in a Nutshell for your Tuesday morning.
John Gallo in just a second after the Matildas 2-0 win over Denmark last night. Just a couple of texts beforehand. Uh, this one from the Overnight Owl, who I also think might go by the name of Jimbo uh, the Dragon. He says, good morning, Dan. I've only just woken up. Uh, are the Roosters still sitting 12th on the ladder, or has there been any movement overnight? No. Well, I can confirm the Roosters are still 12th on the ladder, and nothing has changed overnight, uh, thankfully. Um, and still in the race to the finals as well, the Roosters. They play the Dolphins on Saturday night. Thank you for your inquiry, though, overnight. Al, I do appreciate that text as always. Uh, and this one from Kiwi Craig. Morning, Dan. Uh, should Jack Whitehead's fine be doubled, uh, given the context of it now that it's come out that uh, there was a bad call towards the Tigers? Uh, <laughs> probably not, but I understand where you're coming from. Also, let Payne Haas go. He's, con he's continually looking for a market value is becoming a pain in the Haas. That from Kiwi Craig. Yeah, $1.1 million. It's looking like he'll turn down to go to the open market. Not all about money, though, he says. And Phil Rothfield reported last night on NRL 360. Bulldogs, the Storm, all looking for it uh, as well uh, when it comes to November 1. one 1170 Time to do this. Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. The computer just a, a little slow. It's tired. It's tired after a magnificent night last night out there at Stadium Australia in front of over uh, 75,000 fans. In fact, the same uh, number there last night as there were against Ireland in that first game. Australia 2-0 victories over Denmark into the quarterfinals on Saturday afternoon. John Gallo watched it all and he's on the line now. Morning to you, John. Morning to you, Dan. Yes, uh, thanks for the delayed intro, mate, and welcome back to, to Sydney. Uh, you've uh, you've had a couple of days up in Melbourne, which I know you've thoroughly enjoyed. So, uh, yes, welcome back, mate. Thank you. Thank you. And what a morning to be back as well. What a fantastic win. I, I thought it was fair to say, John, watching the game, um, before Australia got that first goal to Caitlin Ford, I thought... Denmark, well, they had a few chances. They were almost dominating the game, but then Australia took their chances. And that, as I mentioned, that first ball from Mary Fowler to set up Caitlin Ford, that was just magnificent. Yeah, it was. And it came at a, at a really crucial time, too, because at that point in time, probably about half an hour in, first half, we were absolutely dominated by Denmark in all fairness. They created some really good opportunities. Denmark probably should have put away one or two had they had their shooting boots on, on the night. But uh, luckily for Australia, they... They missed them, and, uh, and Australia with that counter-attack from Mary Fowler to pass, as you said, to Caitlin Ford, unbelievable. And for Caitlin Ford to finish it off in that way as well, a lot of calm and composure in the one-on-one -on -one with the goalkeeper. So well done to, to Caitlin Ford. I thought she was sensational, probably one of our players of the game, really. And also Mary Fowler, I thought, was put in a really stellar performance last night as well. So uh, a fantastic uh, result for Australia, crucial result as well. Hopefully the confidence still is breeding along nicely and uh, good to see Sam Kerr get some uh, final minutes in her legs as well. So I think all in all, terrific performance, terrific result. Um, probably we can look at our, our defensive um, you know, performance as well and look at that and, and you know, real tick box for that because I think we came under a lot of pressure at certain moments in the game, as I said. So you know, for our defence to stand up the way it did and for our attack to really sharpen up and, and show that execution when it mattered most, I think was a real tick box as well. So all, all in all, a fantastic performance from the Matildas. Yeah, it was a really, really good performance. Uh, 75,000 there, as I uh, mentioned, fantastic atmosphere. I'm sure there are a lot of people, I, I said on the way back, and, 
uh, earlier on the show, my way back from Melbourne yesterday, and it just shows how much the Matildas and the Women's World Cup as a whole has uh, really taken the whole nation by storm, quite rightly so as well. It's a very big event. Um, lots of Matildas fans, uh, I think, live in Melbourne. We're on the plane uh, heading to the game last night. Um, Sam Kerr, I know you just mentioned her. Of course, um, only played a handful of minutes, but just great to see her back on the field. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big thing more than anything, just to get the minutes in her legs and, and kind of get her prepared for World Cup tournament football. I mean, she's been sitting on the sidelines for a number of games now and, and she's probably been really itching to get out there as well. But it's obviously about listening to the medical staff and gathering all the opinions and facts and figures and all the rest about when she can play and when she'll be right. Obviously, if that last 10 minutes was a good opportunity at that stage, you know, the materials are already 2-0 up and, and the game was all but looking got over for, for Australia. So it was a good opportunity to put Sam Kerr out there for the final 10 minutes, get some minutes in her legs, get some familiarity on the ball, get some touches and, uh, and get some confidence, more importantly, in her. And, and I think that's important because there's no point putting her out there when we're down 1-0 in a, in a quarterfinal situation and she hasn't played a, a single minute of World Cup tournament football. That would be a, a disaster. So I think for Sam Kerr, as brilliant as she is, she needs confidence like everybody else. And I think that final 10 minutes has done her the world of good. And just what I was saying before in relation to the attention this Women's World Cup has gone, the popularity of it. And I said earlier on the show, so Australia's next match up against either France or Morocco, and we'll, of course, preview that on Friday morning. will be Saturday afternoon or early evening at 5pm. Now, I don't know what the TV ratings are going to be like from last night. They'll be huge, I imagine. But then you take into a Saturday night uh, where obviously you'll have people there being played in Brisbane. You'll have people watching at home. But you've also got to think about uh, the part. Like I know for myself, on Saturday, I'm going to the uh, Roosters-Dolphins game um, at Allianz at 7.30. But the Matildas game at 5, perfect time slot. So you've got to think how many people are going to be out there in pubs, clubs, live sites. It is going to be an enormous night on Saturday night. Yeah, it will be. It's been massive. And, and even seeing, you know, walking around the streets and seeing the Matildas, you know, beanies and scarves and, and the Matildas jerseys as well. What what really captured me last night was seeing the amount of green and gold jerseys in the crowd last night. You know, it was unbelievable. Packed out Telstra Stadium or Stadium Australia or whatever other stadium it's called now. But it, it was absolutely unbelievable to see it packed to the brim full of green and gold jerseys and Matilda scarves and beanies and, and all the rest of it was just fantastic. And I think really it showcases how much you know, football in this country for the women's game has come forward. And I think this World Cup has been one to remember for sure because, you know, we had the World Cup champions, the US knocked out of this tournament, mm. South American champions, Brazil knocked out of the tournament. Um, we've also had the African champions, Nigeria, lose overnight. Yeah, it's, it's really been a tournament where the underdogs have really shown what they can do. We've seen South Africa, Jamaica, which are going to be playing tonight against Colombia. Yeah, we've really seen a bunch of underdog teams really at the beginning of this tournament come out. And those smaller nations, with all respect to them, have really shone in this tournament. So for me, I haven't remembered a World Cup tournament, whether it be men's or women's, as close as this one as we've seen here. So it's been brilliant, and I think it's great to see that the fans have really recognised that and come out in droves, really, I'll in the last you, couple of games. I'll get your quick take on the England game in just a second. But just before that, do we We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Only quarterfinals, still a few matches to go. But do we dare to dream, maybe? I think we, we can. I think we can, because I think we've shown in our performances, particularly the last two games against Canada, and again last night against Denmark, we were really polished performances. 
yes, there are probably areas of our game we can slightly improve. I mean, obviously with the ball and, and, and keeping possession, that the first 30 minutes against Denmark was something that we struggled to do a little bit. But, um, you know, I think overall we're, we've been improving each and every game. So that's the main thing. Um, I, I think quarterfinals, we're a top 10 country, ranked 10th in the world in the FIFA Women's World Rankings. So I think to get to the quarterfinal stage of World Cup tournament is, is a big bonus. Uh, I think anything from here on in is just the icing on the cake, really, to be honest. Um, but the reality is there's going to be no easy games from here on in. It's all going to be its own difficulty and its own challenges, depending on whoever we're playing. It'll be France or Morocco. Um, so I think, you know, there's nothing to lose for the Matildas. And uh, I think we've got to go at them. I think there's a big chance that we can go potentially into a semi-final. And then after that, it's, it's all a bit, of a, a bit of luck as well involved. So we'll have to wait and see. But... Um, all the moment, the stars are aligning very nicely for the Matildas. And just quickly as well, John, just before uh, we move on to other things, uh, I'll get your thoughts on the game tonight. Just quickly, England-Nigeria went to a penalty shootout. Now, England, uh, for those that didn't know, when uh, the Women's Euros tournament 12 months ago, almost 12 months ago to the day, uh, I think it was the 31st of July, almost got knocked out by a very good Nigeria team last night. Yeah, very dangerous Nigeria team as well. A team that was very, very good going up front, a very physical team, the Nigerians, they can run all day. They, they absolutely made, you know, the England defence really run behind and they looked tired for certain moments of that game. The English, they were really lucky at times to hold on. The Nigerians were very dangerous in their attack going forward, particularly in the counter-attacking department. They really stretched the, the English defence. Uh, but look, I think when it came down to it, I mean, England at the moment would be feeling very relieved more than anything else. Obviously, mm. the Lauren James send-off for the violent contact, the stamp on the Nigerian player, which was a, a very ugly scene to see. It reminded me of the David Beckham kick-out against Diego Simeone back in the 2002 World Cup when uh, David Beckham got sent off. It was a very kind of similar situation. The stamp that got seen on the VAR obviously meant that England went down to 10, 10 players and uh, it was one that had to hold on for the extra time as well, which they did. Took it to penalties and uh, were very clinical in the penalties. So well done to England. Got through. Uh, obviously, massive relief for them, but Nigeria, well done. What a great World Cup tournament it's been for them. And, uh, you know, credit them because, you know, obviously England are European champions of the women's game. So, uh, well done for Nigeria, pushing them all the way. I'll get you quick tips in a second for tonight's two matches, the final uh, round of 16 games. Before that, just quickly, and, and quite rightly so, uh, the EPL season uh, starts on Friday. It's been uh, probably... Uh, no one's really been talking about it because it's been overshadowed a bit about the Women's World Cup, and rightly so. But in the lead-up to it, Arsenal uh, winning the Community Shield overnight. Yeah, well done to Arsenal for that. I think it was a real uh, you know, a real mental win for Arsenal more than anything else. Obviously, they came second in the Premier League last season. Uh, first v second, as it normally is, is the case in the Community Shield. Uh, Man City looked very polished as well at certain moments, as expected. Uh, but Arsenal really came to the fruition. I think the new signings, Jacob Kaur, centre-back, and Declan Rice in that midfield really shone for Arsenal in their debut. I think it was a great performance for Arsenal, as it was for Man City. Uh, but obviously winning on penalties is all the more sweeter for Arsenal and probably gives them a little slight mental edge going into the Premier League season against Man City, knowing that they've won the FA Community Shield. Although, you know, Pep Guardiola after the game said, you know, he's lost the last three Community Shield games and, you know, went on to win the Premier League. So... It doesn't dictate too much, but I think in the in the mental side of things, it might hopefully, for Arsenal's sake, give them a little mental edge this season over Man City. But wait and see. And, and when we chat on Friday, we will preview some of the big games coming up in the first weekend of the EPL. Come around very quickly. All right, uh, before we let you go, the final round of 16 games coming up today. The first one at 6 p.m., Colombia taking on Jamaica. The winner of this 
Uh, I think we'll go on. Yes, we'll go on to play uh, England. Uh, who do you win? Who do you think wins this? Colombia or Jamaica? Well, Jamaica's done so good this this tournament to get to where they are. Won the underdogs, as I mentioned before. Won the the feel good stories of this World Cup tournament. Um, but I think, unfortunately for them, their run in tonight. I think the Colombians. There's a lot of Colombian support here in Australia at the moment, and I think they'll be coming out in droves again. I think the Colombians have been very entertaining to watch as well with their with their style of football. I'm going to go Colombia in a close one, one nil. And who is Australia going to play here on Saturday night? Is it going to be France or is it going to be Morocco? I think it's going to be the arch rival. I think it will be France to play uh, in the quarterfinal. I think Morocco, again, one of the feel-good stories of this tournament. Done very, very well to get here to the round of 16. But I think, unfortunately for them, they run in tonight. I think France win 1-0 or 2-0. I think it'll be a close one again. But I think France just edges it out to play the Matildas. All right, France against the Matildas, says you. All right, we will chat on Friday morning, John. Uh, we'll preview the Matildas game. There'll be a couple of other games coming up on Friday, actually, because after today's uh, two matches, there's no action until Friday. Spain, Netherlands, 11 a.m. Friday morning. Uh, and then Japan, Sweden, 5.30 Friday early evening. And then, of course, the Matildas on Saturday. Looking forward to it, John. We will chat again on Friday. We'll talk about that and also preview the EPL season. All right, mate. We'll talk soon. John Yellow talking all things football after the Matildas' fantastic win last night. Couple of texts before a break. Uh, this one says, if Payne uh, is, uh, wins the grand final, the Broncos were to win the grand final this year, would that mean he would take a pay cut, seeing it's not all about the money? Uh, not sure. Uh, and this one uh, says, hi, Dan. It is... is it isn't about the money, the biggest myth in professional sport. Uh, thank you for that text as well. More of them on the other side of this. It's 10 to 6. It's five and a half to six. Uh, this text from the Oval Treeman. Hi, Dan. Can't see many people hanging out for the Annesley show each Monday. However, I wonder without it, uh, would we be moaning about a lack of an official response to refereeing howlers from over the weekend? That one from the Yeovil Treatment. Well, yes, potentially. I I'd still, I look, I understand why they do it. Um, I just don't know if there's much point to it. And I still don't know anyone that sits down and watches it. But anyway, good point. And we probably uh, would be sorry. No, Brandy. Brandy does sit down and watch it. He's got his hand raised in the office. Uh, he's got an exciting life, doesn't he? Uh, that is about it from me. Good to be back. Falsy and Brandy coming uh, up for breakfast through SEN 1170. Special guests, Michael Carianis, Robbie Slater on the back and the Matildas win last night. Plus, of course, Michelle Bishop, part of the show. And for listeners in Queensland, Corey Parker filling in for Hill along with Pat Cam Smith will be one of their special guests. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll have a chat with Maddie Cox in Melbourne and Paul Dennett, who was at the football last night, will bring us up to date with all the latest news in cricket. News comes up next, then breakfast. I'll see you tomorrow morning from 5am.